the South Coast tonight. Welcome to the South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris is out tonight. He's going to be back tomorrow. We have tomorrow scheduled, and I'll keep reminding you of this after we get back from every break, but we have scheduled tomorrow a primary debate for the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. Attorney Nick Bernier, Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru, former state rep Paul Haru, and former Somerset Police Chief George McNeil. They're all going to be in studio with me and Chris, and they're going to be answering questions from Chris and me and answering questions from each other. Which I, I really, I like that. I like that element. It's Chris's idea. It wasn't my idea. I think I, I think I took credit for it yesterday. But it was Chris's idea. It's not my idea. And it was a good idea. So they're going to take questions from each other. They're going to take questions from Chris and I. And then uh, that's from 8 to 9. And then from 9 to 10, they're going to take questions from you at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on and talk to them. That's how you can get on and talk to me if you want. Sound off. Talk to the people in New Bedford, right, in, in, in the South Coast. Sound off. So uh, we talked in the last hour about uh, the MCAS, uh, the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education's baffling and inexplicable decision to raise the scores uh, for the MCAS. And eight to, it was an 8-3 to three vote, by the way. And Attleboro Rep Jim Hawkins joined me. He's joined me before. He talked about legislation that he had with Joe Comerford to modify the MCAS and standardized testing to not be high stakes, uh, to not be a, a winner take all, you know, to not determine, you know, it recognizes the importance of standardized testing as like a measurement for success, but not as a requirement to have a diploma not as a barrier to future opportunities like it is now for a lot of students. So we'll definitely have him on uh, again. That legislation is going to be refiled in January. He said there was over 100 lawmakers just on a just over literally overnight. 100 lawmakers signed a there's 200 on Beacon Hill. Um, and there he said he would have been able to get more. It was an overwhelming majority. 100 lawmakers signed a letter opposing the M, uh, raising the MCAS scores. I mean, 100 would be compelling enough, but um, because that's half of Beacon Hill, because there's 200 total, 160 reps, 40 senators. But uh, he said they could have gotten even more if they had uh, if they had the time. So. Um, Looking forward to seeing how that legislation develops. And again, we're going to have Rep Hawkins in as that, uh, as that develops. So 508-996-0500 is how you get the program. Uh, I actually want to switch the conversation a bit um, and, you know, open phone lines. But I want to talk about the historic legislation that was signed today, the Inflation Reduction Act that was signed by President Biden. Now, they had had on their legislative agenda for a long time. They had had legislative agenda. Uh, they'd had legislate this, le- this legislation on their agenda for a long time, but they weren't able to pass it because they weren't able to get the votes in the Senate. Uh, the Senate's been a barrier, particularly 
Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Cinema of Arizona, two Democratic senators, have been a barrier to a lot of legislative goals of the Biden administration. Now they had had a lot of things planned. They wanted to get you know get Medicare to start negotiating drug prices. They wanted to uh, offer a lot more tax incentives for companies and people to invest in clean energy alternatives, and uh, they wanted to. Um, uh, get people driving more electric vehicles, uh, but they weren't able to get over the hump of the of passing this legislation because of Mansion and Cinema. Now you know the composition of the Senate; it's fifty fifty. So that means the Vice President is the tie breaking vote. So that's why how the de- that's why the Democrats have the majority. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna have a bigger majority by the, the end of. I think in the midterms they're gonna have a bigger majority. Afterwards, in the Senate, I think they're going to lose their majority in the House, but I think they're going to have a bigger majority in the Senate afterwards, and they're going to pick up a co- at least two seats, and I think they're going to effectively defend the seats that they have, but that's neither here nor there, and on top of all that, not only do you need 50, you know, all 50, every single Democrat to sign off on a particular legislation since it's a 50-50 split and there isn't a single Republican that's going to join you, what you also need is it to be... Uh, pass through a process which is called reconciliation. So if you're not familiar with it, reconciliation uh, is a process in which a law can be passed that is um, that is not subjected to the filibuster. The filibuster is a procedure often invoked by the minority party in the Senate that essentially requires 60 votes uh, to clear the uh, for legislation to pass. And since it has been used by really by McConnell's uh, by McConnell as the minority leader when Obama took office. Remember, if he you remember him saying, you know, we can defeat the Obama agenda if we work in lockstep and all of that. Um, they were able to pick, you know, a lot of. I mean, they had a supermajority, so there was a lot of things the Obama administration was able to get done that they wanted to. Not as not as much as probably they should have, but. Uh, they were able to pick off some Democrats. They needed all six, you know, you needed basically the entire caucus to get stuff done because the McConnell um, invoked the filibuster more than any minority party in American history. And they're doing it now too. So you essentially need 60 votes to clear uh, a, a bill in the Senate. Like any bill in the Senate, you need 60 votes. So you need, all 50 Democrats and 10 Republicans, good luck with that. They don't vote for anything. And unless it is passed through reconciliation. Now, the I think it's called like the Budget and Reconciliation Act. It was like in the early 70s. I believe it was in the early 70s. That basically said if a legislation has uh, enough to do with the budget, if it's substantially related to the budget... The national budget, or the uh, the uh, yeah the the budget, then it you only need fifty one votes. It doesn't. It bypasses the filibuster. It doesn't. It, you can't invoke the filibuster. You only need fifty one votes. Now, the Senate could at any point, if they have a majority, just get rid of the filibuster altogether because the filibuster isn't a law. It isn't in the Constitution necessarily. It's a it's a rule of the Senate. It's just a rule, a regulation of the Senate. And a regulation differs from a law in which in that 
whoever's the head of that particular entity gets to just change that basically when they want. So the Senate could right now with 51 votes, if they had 51 votes and the filibuster altogether as a practice, but they won't do it. There's, there's a, a good amount of senators that do want to do it. I mean, some that say they want to do it and some that want to do it, but they won't do it. Because, you know, frankly, if they do it, then they've got no excuse, right? But basically, who decides whether or not it has enough to do with the budget is this person called the Senate parliamentarian. It's basically someone who, I mean, makes, gives what's supposed to be advisory opinions on the rules of the Senate the parliamentarian, the advisory opinions. So they're not binding. And if you're in the majority in the Senate, you can fire this person at any time. They're not elected. They're not, um, they're, they don't have lifetime appointments. But the Senate parliamentarian decides arbitrarily whether or not this, you know, whether or not a particular bill has enough to do with the budget so it can pass through reconciliation. The Senate actually doesn't have to listen to them. It's an advisory opinion, and this person is unelected. But they use that person as a lightning rod, you know, to <clears throat> get out of legislation they might not want to pass. Here they wanted to pass it. Here they wanted to pass it, so the Senate parliamentarian said it was okay so she can keep her job, and they were able to get this passed. It's a big bill. There's a lot in it. Some of the some of the stuff in this bill, like the some of the stuff in this bill, is first of all, I, just as a person who lives in America, uh, can take advantage of some of these opportunities that are in it. So we can talk about it a little bit. But I think in the South Coast specifically, in New Bedford specifically, I think there is a lot of opportunity that is carved out um, for industry here, particularly the offshore industry. There's billions in this bill that are, is focused on the offshore industry. But here's a few things that you can take advantage of basically right away. So there's a lot of tax incentives for, there's a lot of uh, tax credits and tax incentives and subsidies um, for installing more economically friendly stuff in your home. Like you have, you can get up to fourteen a $14,000 rebate to install a heat pump, up to $8,000 for the cost, uh, uh, I mean, up to seven, uh, sorry, up to $840 for an electric stove, cooktop, range, or oven, um, up to $840 for electric uh, dryer for clothes, up to $2,500 for upgraded electrical wiring, up to $4,000 for a breaker box upgrade, up to $1,600 for insulation, air, air uh, sealing, and ventilation. Uh, there's an expanded tax credit for electric vehicles. So if you're looking to get an electric vehicle, I know Chris talked about this a few weeks ago when I, when I was on vacation. He talked about the um, growing presence of electric vehicles and what I think is going to probably be like the mandated ubiquity of them because... Isn't like California in particular, California, I believe, which is the most populous state in one of the largest singular economies in the world. They, I think by 2035 have said that they're not even going to manufacture or 
maybe even allow the sale for electric vehicles. But there's uh, expanded tax credits for electric vehicles, 7500 for new electric vehicles, 4000 for used electric vehicles. Um, so those are just some of the, there's, I think there's a, I mean, there's a few billion in, in, in subsidies just for people to upgrade, uh, things around their house. So it's something you should probably look into if you're looking to do that stuff anyway. Uh, you know, it's supposed to say there's, uh, also tax credits for solar installation as well. And that, that's actually, that actually helped, uh, years ago helped, um, uh, my family or my, my father, was going to buy solar um but you know at, at that time obama i believe through the stimulus package had like a uh, 15 solar thousand dollar tax credit for solar installation on the home so one that ended up cop costing like i don't know 30 40 thousand ended up costing like 20 something thousand because of that tax rebate and allowed them um, allowed my parents to get solar in their home so there's stuff like that in there that i think even if you you don't like Biden or whatever, you think he's, uh, I don't know, whatever. If you think, he, you know, you, see, you always say Brandon or whatever, if you don't like Biden. I think there's a lot of stuff in this bill that I, I think is going to be really helpful. And I think there's some stuff that you can actually take advantage of. You know, I've been really critical of Biden and I still remain critical of Biden, even as a, a Democrat who, you know, who votes Democrat consistently a registered democrat who always votes democrat uh, i've been really critical of biden and um but i will concede that legislatively he's probably exceeded my expectations it's not really enough to say oh hey great job but i think he's exceeded my expectations and exceeded a lot of other people's expectations especially with the majorities he's had i mean trump had larger majorities in both chambers trump had larger majorities in both chambers when he was president, he had a few, he had a couple more votes in the Senate and he definitely had more votes in the house. He definitely had more votes in the house and he got basically one bill passed. He got one bill passed. It was the tax cut, the the big tax cut. That was the only major legislation that he, he got done. They couldn't get healthcare done. They couldn't really get anything else done. They just got one bill done. Biden, with a much smaller majority uh, in both chambers at Trump, than Trump, I think has gotten a lot more done. I, I think you'd have to agree that he's got a lot more done. The one thing I will say Trump got more done than Biden was the Supreme Court justices, but a lot of that has to do with luck and not, you know, luck and not legislative maneuvering, right? And as much as you might, might want to say, oh, Brandon, you know, Brandon can't ride a bike. Brandon's this, Brandon's that. He's by far and away the most legislatively accomplished president in his first term than, I don't know, a lot of presidents in our lifetime, in my lifetime at least. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. Hey, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get uh, on the program. Uh, we're also taking calls on the WBSM app chat. I mean, messages, I guess, on the WBSM app chat if you want to call in. Feel free. Um, reminder again, Chris will be back tomorrow. And tomorrow what we have is the 
uh, primary debate for Bristol County Sheriff uh, on the Democratic side. Tom Hodgson's obviously running unopposed on the Republican side. But the Democrat, uh, there's three people vying for uh, Democrat, uh, for the Democratic uh, nomination to face him in the fall. And so they're going to be in tomorrow, the three of them, Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru, Police Chief, former Somerset Police Chief George McNeil, and Attorney Nick Bernier. And they'll be in with Chris and I, and we're going to actually take your calls on the 9 o'clock hour, so you can ask them questions directly uh, if you'd like. And whether or not you plan on voting in the primary election, you should call in either way, right? Calling at 508-996-0500. Call in now at 508-996-0500. We talked to Jim Hawkins in the first hour about the um, inexplicable decision to raise MCAS scores. And we talked to... Uh, we talked about his legislation to modify that. I was talking a little bit about the um, Inflation Reduction Act. And so that is that was just passed by the Democrat, the Senate Democrats. Now, I think the Congressional Budget Office says it has like a marginal effect on the reduction of actual inflation. It's just a way for the I get it's just a branding tactic. Right. And that's part of politics, part of politics, having successful politics and successful legislation is having good branding. Uh, it's very much a. a marketing game so alone people are like oh it has nothing to do with inflation whatever it's just that's the way they want to that's the way they want to brand it whether or not that's effective i guess we'll see do i think it's going to have an impact on the midterms i don't know uh i don't think so you know i don't think it's going to have an impact on the midterms i think that uh i think it you know wh where i'm at is the democrats are going to win this the, they're going to win more seats in the senate but they're going to lose the house just the way the Senate map works out for them, I think it's better. And some of the candidates on the Republican side in winnable seats like Pennsylvania and Georgia, you know, you got Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker, are just uniquely awful candidates, and I don't think they're going to win. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. Hey, what's up? Uh, just a couple questions. Um, I know you were on the air last night during the Town of Haven Selectman's board uh, meeting when yes, I was. They picked when they picked a new BPW uh, yes. person. Yes, I was. Yes, and I was just I was just curious because I watched a, I only caught a little bit of the meeting and when they voted on it, but it seemed like it was three members of uh -huh. the board who was look looking for one candidate. Yeah, it was one of those three. Went, but the selectman went the other way. I was yeah. wondering. All right. Well, since I was asked, since I'm since I'm asked about it, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I think. So there were two candidates. One had, uh, and listen, I don't know the other candidate. I know one of the candidates. Um, I don't know the other candidate. Seems like a good person with good accomplishments that wants to do good in the town. But the fact of the matter is, uh, and I, you know, I look forward to working with that person. But the fact of the matter is, there were two candidates. One of them had a very impressive resume, a lot more work experience, and work experience that related exactly to the day-to-day -day operations of BPW. Had licensures, environmental regulation, OSHA certifications for, you know, forklifts and heavy machinery. I mean, just 
I think a, a quintessential BPW type of candidate, right? The other candidate was a very impressive person, but with qualifications that didn't quite mesh with what we're, we're probably looking for in the Board of Public Works. Now, okay. we had those two candidates in front of us. Three of us, myself included, the chairperson included, said we want... We're recommending this person. Now, for some reason, the, the BPW is the only elected board in town that doesn't get to vote with the select board, right? So when there's a vacancy on the school committee, the school committee and the BP, uh, and, and the select board get to vote with the select board. Uh, same thing for the planning board. They get to vote with the select board, so their votes count. If our votes counted, we, we would have gotten the candidate that we overwhelmingly recommended. But instead, for... No explicable reason the select board decided to uh, decided to pick the other candidate. I don't have I don't think they had a good reason for it. I was hearing reasons from different people of why they they said it, but it didn't seem very convincing to me. Um, is, I, is there is there a reason why, like you just said, like the school committee or uh, you know planning board? Why is it just with the board of public works that they can do that? For some reason, when they made the special acts in whatever it was, 1967, to form the Board of Public Works, for some reason when they made the special acts, the Board of Public Works had a bit more restrictions than the other board. We also can't, like, um, you know, I tried to get a I tr we tried to get a delegation to the Charter Commission, but we weren't allowed because the town bylaws precluded us from being on certain commissions and charters unless a liaison position was carved out or something like that. There's just, for some reason different restrictions on the BPW there isn't that there isn't and I you know whatever reason they had when they made that I'm not sure you know I wasn't around back then but um I, I no, think it, no was I yeah right yeah exactly <laughs> uh the what I think was I think it was blatantly I think it was blatantly disrespectful uh of those three select persons to completely ignore what we said and well I kind of I kind of felt us. the same way when I was watching it I I turned it on right when the uh uh, voting was just about to start, and Vinny yeah. Potato was on there, and he spoke of, of uh, you know, with the board members, and I saw Hoppy was there, and uh, and uh, I know Brian was in Florida, I believe, but they, they he said what the recommendations were, and they just kind of just kind of just blew it off. Yeah, that's ex that's exactly what happened. And Brian, yeah, Brian was a. I think Brian had made his recommendation known to the select board. I definitely did. I sent a, I sent a. Um, a letter well i sent a text actually to the chairperson station powers and i'm not saying that the you know the three people i like the three people that vote that even though they even though they you know they voted against what we'd recommended i, I think they're good people doing good work but that was blatantly disrespectful and I, what i would, would would classify as transparent glad handing um because uh i think there's probably this this person who again seems like a good person, seems well accomplished, was probably told to apply and was told that they were going to get the seat. Um, so well, that's what, that's what it kind of seemed like. That's what it Espindola. seemed like, right? When Despadola said, like, you know, I understand, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not going to say exactly. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was pretty much my mind's already made up anyways. It's our decision, yeah. so... Pretty yeah, that's, that's that's exactly yeah. what it was. It was transparent glad handing, and I think we went through an entire recall election and a complete renovation of the select board, uh, a complete reconstruction of the select board to avoid stuff like that. 
Um, but it seems like it's reared its ugly head again. And so uh, it, it was really disappointing. It was really disrespectful. And I don't want to, and I don't mean to disparage the person that ended up getting the position. Cause again, I don't know the person. It seems like a, seems like an accomplished person who's dedicated to serving the town, but the other person was just clearly more qualified, clearly, clearly more qualified. And on top of that, we got overwhelming support from the elected board that has to serve with this member two times a month. So it didn't make any sense to me. You know, like, again, and I don't want to disparage the person because I get it seems like a good person looking forward to serving with them. But we asked, we recommended one person. If we had a vote, it would have been for that one person. But they took advantage of the fact that we're the only board without a vote and put and put someone there who, again, like you said, sounded like they had their mind made up on the whole time. So I'd wonder how that even came to be in the first place. So it, it, no, it, is, is there a way to change that in the future? Or? No, I mean, there's... You know, we can go through town meeting and all that to try to get, uh, you know, the, we can go to through town meeting and all that to try to change like the special acts to get us to say in uh, vacated positions. But honestly, in a perfect world, people just, you know, run for that seat. I, I, I think whoever didn't, I said in my letter, whoever doesn't get that spot should run for election in the spring. We should have a competitive election for the Board of Public Works. I'm saying that as someone who ran unopposed but would gladly run an election against somebody for my seat when it comes up in a couple of years. We should have competitive elections for those seats. They're really important. The Board of Public Works is, uh, you know, basically oversees the most essential services a government can provide. Uh, you know, streets, um, you know, uh, clean streets, uh, paved roads, uh, water, sewer, all of that. So it's really important. So we shouldn't, first of all, leave that to someone who, you know, you want their, you know, someone who's your friend and you want to be on the board because you may have some uh, considerations for them in the future. And we definitely... Like, like a political thing. Yeah, a total political thing. And I get it's politics. That's kind of the way it is sometimes. But it just didn't, it, it didn't sit right with me. It was blatantly disrespectful. I know, I know... Uh, Vinny had said that to said that to them how blatantly disrespectful it was to the three of us. Yeah, he did. I, I did see him say that. Yeah, which I was glad. I'm glad he did say that. Yeah, I, I I just didn't I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it at all. Just as a, as it was just such a. And from my understanding is they didn't give a good reason. And from what you're telling me, uh, is that like you know they didn't give a good reason. It seemed like they had already had their mind made up. So yeah, like I, I'm definitely annoyed by it. I I I had meant to reach out to the selectmen that 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 voted in that way, but I frankly just didn't have the time today. I was busy, but but I did, I did like to see um um the selectmen because I want to say it was. Was it three to four? What, what is it? How many are there on there? There was there, five on there. There's now, five. Right? It was three to two. So I know Leon Corey. Three to and... two. Corey voted for the board uh, decision. Yep. And I want to say Keith. that uh, yeah, Keith, Keith Keith did also. Keith's been on and the they, board. He gets it. You know. And he, he said it should be up to them. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it should but, be. But then, but then when it came back to uh, Espindola, he was like, "Well, yeah, it could be, but it's not up to them. It's up to us." So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was kind of like yeah. it was set in stone already, and he wasn't going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had his mind made up. I, I yeah. mean, again, I like Bob. I've worked with Bob before. He's, you know, I've asked him to help me with stuff. He's helped me with stuff. But that was just it was a it was a crappy move. It was a crappy he's move. Actually, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like. He's it. actually one of the only um, politicians in, in town that ever knocked on my door when he ran for selector. Yeah, no, he's definitely built up a good following, and he's done that by being a good guy who does a lot of good work. But I got to say, he just what he did was really. 
I think unbecoming of the kind of person that he that he has generally presented himself as. You know, is it was it was again the type of glad handing stuff that we had an entire recall and reconstruction of the select board about it. I, I didn't I didn't like it at all. Honestly, I didn't like it at all. And I think that people need to pay attention to votes like that. And people need to pay attention to votes like that because that's the kind of stuff that, like, you know, you start to see, like, oh, we're supposed to have this deliberative select board now. Five is supposed to add some diversity of thought. But if it's just like, oh, well, this guy, because I like him and I can, I can get two other votes whenever I want to, to vote for him because, I because you know, they, they'll vote with me, uh, that's the guy. That's the guy I want. You know, you, you can't be yep. building, you know, we can't have people building majorities on other elected boards. It's not right. It's it's not right. Again, I, I hope that kid, I, I hope there's an election. And if that, you know, whoever wins the election, so be it. And again, I'm looking forward to serving with that kid. He seems like a nice kid who was put in a situation like that where he was, you know, basically glad-handed into that position. Again, seems like a nice kid, not his fault, dedicated to serving the town, looking forward to serving with him, but it was a bad move. I thought it was a bad move. It was it was um it seemed indicative of a lot of the stuff that we were trying we've been trying to rid ourselves of that we'd been enduring for the last few years and, and I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it either. That's why yeah. uh I figured I'd call and bring that up because I know you sit on the board of Public Works. But, yeah, no, I and, was. Uh, I was it just seems I don't know. Just like you said, you try to get rid of that stuff, and there you go again. There it is. That's exactly yeah, exactly. Tried to try to get rid of that stuff. Uh, it's you know I'll say it again. It seemed like transparent clad handing to me, but um, you know we can't do anything about it. It's their you know like you said oh it's their vote. So that basically what that tells me is he didn't he didn't really care. He had his mind made up. They had their mind made up about they wanted this person for whatever reason that they didn't actually communicate to people. They didn't actually communicate that to the people. If you you yeah, know that's just what, that's what that's what seemed pretty messed up the way he said it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that's who we wanted. That's who we wanted. We told this person. That's, that's yeah. who I want, and no matter what, yeah. that's we want the this way person. I told this person to run, so they're running. I mean, I told yeah, this person to run, so like, that's the person like that's going to the be there. Was, yeah, I didn't like the way it was said. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. And especially, you know, again, I uh, it's, it's 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 important work, and it was blatantly disrespectful to us uh, to 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 have our recommendation jettisoned like that. To take advantage of the fact that we're the only board that doesn't get a vote and who uh we get appointed to it and to just jettison then to just to just jettison our our recommendations like that for you know and not provide any good faith basis to it i i thought was really really bad form it was really it's it 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 seemed to me very underhanded i i had meant to reach out to them today and tell them exactly how i felt about it um but i was you know again i was busy but i'm glad you brought it up i I wish somebody could come on and you don't explain it yeah Yeah, I mean, get somebody I, on your show and you know say, hey, you know, people wonder. Look, I, I appreciate what Leon and uh, I appreciate Leon and Keith like taking our recommendations in consideration and you know d- voting for, you know, voting on merit. I appreciate that a great deal. Um, but uh, yeah, I just you know going forward again, I look forward to serving with that kid. Nothing against him. He seems like a nice person who wants to do good, and I hope he does. Uh, but that's the kind of stuff we need to, that's the kind of stuff we need to, we need to really pay attention to, uh, going forward. Um, we really need to pay attention to that. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Bye. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. It's Sam. Hey, Sam. What's up? How you doing, buddy? I'm well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Cool. Um, 
So I got another question for tonight. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but before that, I wanted to ask you something else. Um, the polling stuff, they, I got a notice today in the mail saying that all of the poll places were going to be combined to... Hastings, right? Uh, no, it was actually the uh, Council on Aging. Oh. Did you get the same one? No, I I, met, I might have, and I just haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm like 99% sure it's a council and agent. Now, I think I used to go to the fire station. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Does that sound about right? I Yeah, and in, in our precinct, we go to the, uh, we go to the precinct four, we go to the fire station. Yeah, but I know they had okay. all been consolidated into one place. Um, yeah. I guess that's... Years ago, I went to Hastings, but uh, yeah. I was going to the fire station, and then, like I said, this notice just said today that it was going to be... They were combining, I think, six. Is it possibly six? Yeah, it's all, that's there's six precincts in town, so there's six voting okay. precincts. You said the council, so the rec center, basically. Yes, it yeah. might have said the rec center. Actually, yeah, it's the re it's the rec center, so it'll be in that gym. Yeah, I knew they were consolidating yeah. poll places this year. I forget the reasoning why, but all six precincts, right? That's right, are going to be at the rec center. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, right. Because so, I used to go to um, I used to go to I we would go to the fire station when I lived on the neck. We'd go to. Uh, Remember we went to Hastings? I think I used to go to Wood School at one point, too. But I, You know, it's funny that I've been to, I think I've been to Wood, I think I've been to Hastings, and I think I went to East Fairhaven one time. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes sense. They've changed it over the years. So my question for tonight is, um, I, you know, I kind of embarrassed to even ask this because I probably should know this, but what's the definition of a filibuster? Because I yeah, hear the term all the time, and I think I can't be alone in not knowing what the, what filibuster means. So, yeah. So, Are you able to tell me what that is? Explain a little bit about it. I mean, a filibuster, like I can, I can do my best, but like a filibuster. Yeah. So what a filibuster is, they call it like a motion for cloture, and it's to invoke, like it's supposed to. It was originally to invoke like debate on the on a bill, and it used to be you used to have a filibuster would mean you'd have a talking filibuster, and sometimes between. Before voting, is that like to delay yeah, the so, voting? Yeah, so so it's to delay the voting. So it okay. used to be there used to be a talking filibuster, right? Okay. So um, what would it, what it would be was you'd be you'd be going up there and you'd be debating a, whatever particular legislation or whatever is on there, and it would take sixty votes to okay. break the filibuster. So you'd have uh -huh. senators oftentimes be up there for a long time. I believe Strom Thurmond has the record uh, mm -hmm. for like 23, 24 hours. I think he has the record. Um, now, is there something about that that they have to keep continue talking? They can't like break away from there? Or, or do they, are they allowed to break away and have someone fill in? I now that, you, now that you're talking about it, it's they, starting to come back to me a little bit about what, what it's about. Now when but, they do talking filibusters, I've seen it happen. Mm -hmm. I remember when Rand Paul did it. Rand mm -hmm. Paul did it over uh, drones uh, under the, in the Obama administration. Uh, he okay. did it under uh, uh, over drone strikes, and he had had a bunch of senators come in and do the um, and do like they they had done the talking filibuster thing with him. So you're allowed to do that. Okay. You're allowed to do that. I'm pretty sure now. Maybe you weren't before. Uh, Bernie Sanders has a pretty famous filibuster that was like ten or so hours, and it was uh, on. Uh, I forget what it was about, but it actually got codified into a book. Um, there was that. What's that movie? Mr. Smith goes to Washington or something like that, where he does a famous filibuster. Um, huh. There was a filibuster in the. I remember back in. 
God, it was 2013, 2014. There was a filibuster in the Texas State Senate, and this woman, Wendy Davis, had yep. done uh, had done it. She had actually showed up in in like Nike pumps or whatever, uh, so she could. Yeah, she stood there and, and filibustered a bill for as long as she could, and then they just brought it up again. But now, what it basically is is that it's all changed, right? The rules the, around the filibuster. The, I'm sorry. Was there just something in the news about about? voting on that or something recently that was in the like whether they were voting to continue to be able to do it what i, I thought yes. there was something in the news about that recently so the filibuster you know so the filibuster is a rule uh, made by the senate it's not a law and it's not like a constitutional provision so a okay. set the senate can right now the senate democrats if they had 51 votes could change it whenever they want in fact they have done that before when under the Obama administration they were getting a lot of their they were getting a lot of their um, uh, judicial nominees filibustered by the Republicans. Harry Reid, who was the Senate Majority Leader at the time, had uh-huh. went up there and he had he had he said screw this I'm doing it. It was called like the nuclear option at the time. He had said uh-huh. they had, they had invoked the they had uh, put forward a new Senate rule to uh, end the filibuster for judicial nominations. And okay. then, you know, Mitch McConnell said, one day you'll be in the minority, and the soon, you know, right. which ended up being true, but they would have ended the filibuster anyway for this because there was a Supreme, you know, that's when Neil Gorsuch was appointed to the vacancy on the Supreme Court. They, okay. the, Senate, the Democrats filibustered it, but the Republicans just did what Harry Reid did, which they would have done anyway, um, right. and ended the filibuster on that. So the, if you have a majority, you can end the filibuster for whatever reason. Now, Mitch McConnell, Trump asked Mitch McConnell to end the filibuster, but Mitch McConnell, being a bit more forward thinking, knows that he's going to be in the position that he's in now at, at some point in the future, right? right? And said no that's a bad idea because he used it more than anybody else did in the obama administration to stop a lot of that legislation because now the filibuster it's not a thing that it's not like a stall tactic anymore it's a way to mandate a legislation is is 60 votes which is almost a super majority of of well it is basically which is a super majority of the senate so when you say mandate 60 votes does that mean against what they're trying to vote on yeah so so mandate 60 votes to pass it so there has to be 60 votes to break the filibuster and it used to be there'd have to be 60 votes to end uh, uh, a talking filibuster hey sam i'm way Uh, behind the commercials i gotta take this break but i appreciate the question thank you thank you very much thank you so much bye all right i gotta take this break i'll be right back Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Yeah, so uh, filibuster can't be used uh, in reconciliation bills. Now it can't be used for federal judicial appointments either to the federal bench of the Supreme Court. I imagine at some point, you know, the 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 argument for it, the argument for it by you know pushed you know by Republican senators and some Democratic senators like Joe Manchin is that. You know, we're a deliberative body, so you get to talk about issues and all that. But it's basically just a stall tactic. You know, Strom Thurmond had that famous filibuster of, like, the Civil Rights Act in 1957. It takes up floor time that they have. Um, it's – it used to – it wasn't It wasn't really used that much on in the in the early days of the Senate, like the early, the early 1800s and even through the early 1900s. But they strengthened it in the 70s. Uh, and since then, you know, it's basically just become a standard practice procedure of the Senate. All right, 508-996-0500. Got to take another break. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris, again, is out for the evening. He'll be back tomorrow. 
and uh, for our sheriff, Bristol County Sheriff Democratic primary debate. It'll be good time. Rocking good time. That that debate's from 8 to 10. We're going to have Quentin Palfrey in before that at 9. Uh, at, I mean at 9. At, um, at 7.30. Uh, just to talk about his campaign. And then we'll, uh, we'll get this show on the road. All right, I'll 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 see you guys on the other side of the 9 o'clock hour. Give me a call at 508-996-0500 or message me in the app chat.